I am joined tonight by a most interesting group of people, and I do want to say to all of you here assembled, it's a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you very much, Milton. It's a pleasure for us, Miss Phil. Well, I'll tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape, you know? Oh, hello, Milt. How are you? Good evening, Milton. How are you, Milt? Well, progress is our most important product. It's certainly a pleasure to be here. Yes, Milton, it's so nice to see you. I want to thank you very much for us being allowed to be here, Milton. Holy cow! The traffic was terrible over by there. Well, you know she's right about that. There was no place to park down here. What are you talking about? I had a place Come right on. down there. Uh... No, over by there, there was no oh, place you paid? to park. Well, no, I parked pay. at, uh, at Comiskey and I, uh, I took the bus. This well, this escaped from me. I just said, go around each time. Uh, which not fun. Three voices from each person, but then you broke into additional dialogue, which is great. You want to continue it? Continue it right now. This is an argument about uh, parking. Yeah. Well, it's terrible. Hey, Blitzen, I what'd you do parking my spot, huh? Got parking your place. What you yeah, parking? yeah. Don't uh, give me that. Come on. Now let us from... disentangle. The voices you have heard so far have come. Uh, from four particular people. I mentioned them earlier. Let's do a full introduction at the moment. In fact, an excellent way to do this would be to have you introduce one another. I'll mention the name, then I'll assign one of you to tell us about that colleague of yours. So, uh, Joel Corey, tell us about Harlan Hogan. Harlan Hogan. I've known Harlan Hogan for, uh, I don't know, 25 years, maybe? Yeah. He's a very talented guy. Um, got a wonderful set of pipes on him. And he has a grasp of this business Probably, it's uh, in, incomparable. I don't know anybody who, who understands what we call the business any better than Harlan. By the way, how do we define the business? It's the business of voiceover, but what does that really mean? Voiceover acting, voiceover, uh, voiceover commercials, voice... It's the unseen voice. Unseen voice. The unseen right. voice. And aren't we lucky that it is? Mm -hmm. Well, in your case, perhaps. <laughs> yes. But surely not in Lisa's case. Uh, and so, um, Ron, introduce... And tell us just who Lisa Lewis is. Uh, Lisa Lewis is from Cleveland, Ohio. Not she, really. But no? Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's where you, you that's came where I from. Moved from. That yes. explains it. I'm um, from Davenport, Iowa. I'm a Quad City girl. She's president of our, uh, our local union here, mm -hmm. Screen Actors Guild, and uh, has a lovely voice. She's a wonderful actress and, uh, and is a uh, colleague and a voiceover actress here in Chicago as well as other cities. And now I will ask... Um, Harlan Hogan to introduce Ron Hawking. Have we met? I'm not sure. Oh. <laughs> Ron is impossible to introduce because he is incomparably talented. He does so many things. Oh. Or rather, he is so many people. He is so many people, but all of them nice. Well, most of them. Um, <laughs> wonderful talent, wonderful voice talent, incredible performer, mm. fabulous singer. I hate the guy. I absolutely <laughs> despise him. He's, he's arguably the most talented man in the business. Mind-numbing. And uh, let me see if I got all the permutations and combinations right. I should now ask Lisa to introduce Harlan Hogan. Actually, well, I got to introduce Joel. Actually, Let's Joel do Harlan Corey. again. I no, we got to introduce Joel Corey. Sure. Oh, because yeah, I left Joel all the bad stuff about you. You just, just thought about this. <laughs> all the bad stuff. Well, Joel Corey is an amazing guy. He's got one of the most uh, versatile voices uh, in the business, working in Chicago especially. He can do any number of characters. Uh, Often I will, I pride myself on being able to pick someone out when I hear their voice on the air, mm -hmm. especially if it's someone I know. And Joel is one of those guys that fortunately can hide 
inside a spot and which is a tremendous skill his latest uh, recording his latest um, commercial now playing is one in which he doesn't say a word that's correct Ra rather you emit a sound what does that sound uh <laughs> And that is supposed to represent. That's a bubble, but he's kind of going down the drain. You know, you get, yeah, that's a scrubbing bubble. And that's the name of the, that's the name of the product, yeah. isn't it? I've never encountered the product scrubbing oh, bubble. Oh, it's a very not on the fine show. product. I use it. In fact, I bought. I think I have about three cases. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. In fact, yeah. he's a distributor. Yeah, <laughs> he's a distributor of those. You know, bubbles. sales have gone up tremendously uh -huh. since I started. <laughs> Whereas Harlan Harlan Hogan's latest gig, apparently, at least one heard on the Chicago air, is as the Culligan man. You're the Culligan man that the female voice calls for. I think she calls for me, but I just point out that we make water age too easy. And uh, I'm not sure who the Culligan girl is at the moment. I think, the it's, I think it is it Faith Prince. Oh. It used to be. Uh, they, when they did the recent, a couple of years ago, they yeah. did a casting call for it again. And I think it's the actress Faith Prince who played... Um, who won the Tony for playing oh, Miss Adelaide yeah. in Guys and Dolls a few right. years ago. Right. Right. Uh, but it's amazing how they bring that back. But you don't get together with a Culligan no, woman. No, she's out she's in Hollywood or New York or whatever. I mean, not that I would admit feel you know, I'm a married man. I can't talk yeah. about the Culligan woman. But I, I do find it interesting that they brought, they, they try so hard to get rid of those old, you know, it's a 30-year, 40-year-old slogan, but it still works and it still sounds great. I can believe that Lisa Lewis represents total fitness for Valley. Oh, well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. What does it sound like? Well, what it what it sounds like is usually the music uh, on on those spots is fairly hot and and bright and it's it's motivating. It's it's all, um, you know, call one eight hundred fitness now. You know, get into Bali today and we'll get you looking fantastic. That's is that you. That's is me, that you? honey. That's I me. In. Now I Did hear you it. Call? Yeah. Yeah. Do you go? No, but I call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron has been doing. It says here, Riblets for Applebee's Restaurant. Right, that was the old Frankie Lane uh, Rawhide song that was uh, uh, an adaptation for the commercial for uh, Applebee's Restaurants. Uh, riblets, 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 Applebee's has riblets, all that you can eat now, riblets. Yeah! <laughs> you, you snap a whip and And boy, they <laughs> cracked the whip on me that day, I want to tell you that. I'm starving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we got to work out it down. I know. Just I some know. water, perhaps. That's fine. <clears throat> How much of this order stuff really goes on in Chicago? Are uh, they producing commercials with not voiceovers enough. day in, day out? <laughs> yes. I mean, the, sure it's, it's mm -hmm. uh, Chicago is still... This was once the main center. An, an active market here. Very it, active. It is. One of the, one of the things with, with advertising right now is there's a lot of vertical integration going on with the, with the companies. If you follow any of it in the in the newspaper um, there are fewer and fewer ad agencies than there ever were I think um, I love technical jargon what does vertical integration mean I'm, in your that's business? what I was going to explain is that is that there are fewer and fewer companies um, is it publicists that recent I don't want to get this wrong but publicists recently purchased several other companies another uh, couple agencies, another yeah, couple of agencies yeah. and when that <laughs> happens um, sometimes the clients uh, meaning the actual advertisers that different uh, agencies represent get moved around and shifted around. But some Chicago has some real mainstays through uh, Leo Burnett, Foot Conan Belding, um, J. Walter Thompson, J. Walter mm -hmm. Thompson, things like Kraft, um, Kellogg's, Kellogg's mm -hmm. McDonald's, 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 
United um, up to a point. United, United to uh, a degree. Uh, Boeing certainly now. Yeah, Boeing, we have you know, such an industrial base. There, there. S.C. Johnson, which through Facon and Belding. So you know, there, there's quite a few major accounts still left in this city. But there's a lot of of our work done in New York, and then of course for animation and stuff like that. That's all primarily in Los Angeles, but there's a little of it here. But you can phone it in, I gather. I looked at your website uh, just earlier this uh -huh. evening, Lisa, well, and you. I see you've got an ISDN line in the studio at home. Yes. And you say, really, on your site, uh, I can do your stuff from Chicago. And you yes. could then uh, organize it into the commercial that you're putting together in Los Angeles or wherever. I Yes, and if it's not too big a conflict to say this, I forgot one of my other major accounts right now is uh, NBC Nightly News. Oh. So on a, a relatively daily basis, um, I will get dialed up uh, from 30 Rock mm -hmm. in New York and for about 10 or 15 minutes uh, say tomorrow on NBC Nightly News. She climbed the mountain and she came down the other side or whatever it is. And so I do that from home. And, you uh, do a tagline of that sort every day for them, do you? Uh, almost every day. I wish it were every day, but uh, they have a man that does them. What was the last oh, one yeah. you did? Do you remember the actual content? I do. It was uh, about a new breakthrough in breast cancer, hoping to make the mammogram history. That was just last week, or early this week. It sounds like, I, I've heard it, I guess, a number of times. I hope so. I recognize <laughs> the delivery. And I hope you tune in. Yeah. <laughs> I have a very sad story to tell you about myself and voiceover work, which I will regaled you with right after we no I'm, we I'm not going to intro the commercials tonight we agreed uh, that Ron who's a great mimic and he's been here on this program as a mimic as well he will do all the commercials each time in a different uh, personification ah I gotta tell you Doc uh, the guys in the band are going skiing this weekend but right right after these words I'll tell you all about it um, I noted that you all perked up uh, as the commercial were playing when the bacon commercial came on. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, why did that that's a wonderful reading. We don't know who it is, but it's it's, it's great color. Right. Wonderful color. Right. I, I love even put bacon on a salad. 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 I mean, it's wonderful. <laughs> and the delivery's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize the voice, too, and I don't know who it is that's driving me crazy well, we'll now, but out. he's terrific. I thought that was a, wow. I think that's a great spot. If it were a local guy, you'd know. Yes, probably. probably. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, probably. I wanted to tell you a little story about my one encounter with um, your profession. I got a call one day. I'd been on the air for 10 years or so doing this thing. I got a call from some agency uh, saying we were putting together a film that we think you could do the narration on. We want you to come and, and try it out. And I was sort of hard to persuade because I'd never done that sort of thing. But then on the other hand, uh, uh, ego um, still... Uh, is responsive and also <laughs> there was some money involved mm -hmm. sure uh, and so I said sure I'd come over and uh, two nice guys they were sitting there and they had a little um, they had a film that they showed me and just just the film itself without the voiceover they gave me a voiceover script and asked me to just try it out and read it uh, and I read and instantly uh, something was wrong and they asked me to read that first line the very first line again with a different stress and a different emphasis and I got more and more tense and I began to have flop sweat, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> and I sounded terrible to myself. I don't know what they you're got, talking about. Yeah. They got more and more irritated with me, and finally, the payoff line was, I heard one whisper to the other, I think we could call Bill Curtis. Oh! <laughs> oh yeah. Ouch, ouch. So that was, that's my experience in the voiceover game. My thought was, hell, I talk all night or for two hours right. on the radio, what would be so hard about reading a script? That's right. But it was very hard. Apparently. It's not. It's not. Uh, not as easy as it sounds. Uh, and and uh, you know, I started as a singer in the business and got 
used to get copy handed to me and say, would you mind reading this? And little did I know, I said, sure, I'll read it, you know, uh, and, but they were, they were freebies. <laughs> and, and, and this, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s, uh, and that's how I started to, I said, you know, I don't really know if I sound right. And they said, just read it. And I said, okay, so I'd read it and it would, uh, it would, uh, you know, be okay, and they'd sometimes sell it, and sometimes I'd get a call to do the voiceover again, and uh, uh, it would be fine. Let's see how good you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were confused by, the, by making yes, motions yes. to the people in the booth. Ah, okay. Play Ron Hawking 1. Uh, this is from your demo tape. Okay. It should come sooner or later. <laughs> Apparently not. Ron Hawking has left, left the building. Apparently we <laughs> have not quite managed. In so you got that sport utility vehicle to take you to the splendor of the wilderness. And that's exactly where you're going. Just as soon as you drive to school, drive to work and back, work and back, work and back, work and back, work and back. Listen up, Hardy's got double the burger. It's double delicious. You crave the crunch. The quarter pound double cheeseburger. It's twice the lunch. Your children don't know the meaning of the word racism. Let's keep it that way. Don't teach children to hate. Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats. Good for you? Sure. But you really want the big sweet crunch that brings out the kid in you. Scott Pruitt, Al Unser Jr., Rick Mears. Just a few of the great names in the lineup for the Pioneer 200. Presented by Budweiser. Sunkissed sparkling lemonade. Peach born for a cool lemon taste. Peach raised for just enough fizz to make it sparkle. Who were all those guys? Oh. They were all wrong. They were all wrong. They were all wrong. Great. Bravo. That's a basic part of your business. You've got to do... Uh, different voice levels, different accents, different He's modes of resonance, though, and so on. No. I mean, there are a lot of people that make a tremendous living in this business, and just use one do voice. One thing. That's right. They do Who was that fellow? Well. Mason, what's his name? Mason, Mason Adams. Adams. Mason Adams. Yeah. Smuckers. Smuckers. That's a good case in point. Smuckers. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, the name like Smuckers. And he also acted with that voice in oh, yeah. Yeah. his natural voice. I bet, I bet nobody here but you remembers. <laughs> Pepper <laughs> Young's family. No, I was thinking of the uh, Lou Grant. Lou Grant well, show. Yeah. Oh, Lou Grant. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the old radio show, Pepper Young's Family. Yeah, I, I remember that, that from my childhood. That was Mason Anne. Yeah. told me about that show. <laughs> Your grandfather told you that. <laughs> <laughs> have there been other voices which have been singular voices that were always in demand for voiceover work? Orson Welles was the well, Orson Welles was one of such. You know, was so identifiable. Well, what about... Uh, um, James Earl Jones. Sure. sure. Oh, yeah. He's probably the premier voice today right. or one of the wild. Does he do commercials or does he oh, just this, do the CNN? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Verizon. And, uh, Verizon. Verizon, yeah. Does he? Verizon yeah. Wireless. Yeah. Get down there, You'll be a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> you test your subwoofer and see whether that works well or not. Now, Lisa was saying during the break that with the death of James Coburn just recently. Yes. Oh. What? Well, I noticed... Um, Almost immediately, they they that that Chevy continued to run a number of the spots because he does he did for the past few years like a rock. Like that a was rock. James Coburn, mm -hmm. and yeah, after he passed away, they had they had had James Garner doing a couple of different spots, sort of off to the side or so it seemed, and then I don't know if it was an issue of taste or what with his estate or whatever, but then I've noticed recently they've moved all of James Garner's spots into the heavier rotation now. So that's the that's the voice you're hearing for Chevy now instead of James Coburn. Now speaking of voices, here are some of the voices of Lisa Lewis. 
Antibacterial fantastic. Tougher on grime. But, Charles, you just can't leave me. I have... Well, the only real necessity is your makeup case. It didn't have to come to this. Hello? Michael, it's Allison. The wedding's off tomorrow. I lost a contact lens. Do you know what this means? Yes. Marge called your DM. She called my DM, and he just called me. All color cheer not only cleans, but neutralizes chlorine to help make water safe for colors. Your attention, please. Delta Airlines is paging Mr. or Mrs. Guys. Would Mr. or Mrs. I go to Tokyo so much I get flowers from the Japanese customs guys? Please report to the new Delta Business Elite flight from JFK to Tokyo, Narita. Change with always smooth moon. Oh. Charming. <laughs> Charming. Very. What we've heard so far are, are both of them are excerpts from demo tapes, right? Yes. What is the very nature of a demo tape? You've got a whole chapter uh, on the demo tape, Harlan, in your yeah. new book, which I haven't even mentioned yet, but it's wonderful reading, Tales and Techniques of a Voiceover Actor. That's the subtitle. The title is V.O., not the uh, alcoholic beverage, but rather this <laughs> book, V.O., Tales and Techniques of a Voiceover Actor. And you've got a chapter on the demo. Yeah, and it's best read with a glass of V.O., I think. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the demo, I mean, this is the, uh, the holy grail is your demo. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is our resume. Uh, uh, an on-camera actor would have a video or a headshot, of course, but we're voice people, so our little, we used to call them reels mm -hmm. and demo right. tapes, but right. now They're it's a demo tapes, CD, right. usually, or even more now, just put it on the internet and people can access it. Uh, but in that, they're usually a minute and a half, two minutes long or so, you try to show your approach to copy. And uh, if you do character voices, you may have a character demo. In my case, I do a lot of narrative work, so I do long-form things. And uh, so I've got a separate demo for long narration, the kind of thing that you were up against, mm -hmm. uh, commercial demo as well. But Basically, you know, it's a very simple little story. It has a beginning, a middle, and an ending, and you usually start out with what we would, what I like to call the signature voice, but the voice that most people hire you for 99% of the time, or at least you hope they'll hire you for, and then show your variety and the different approaches you have to copy, and then kind of finish up at the back end with the signature voice. The signature voice needs to be somehow an attractive or an interesting voice. Exactly. What voices stand out? What voices fade away because there's nothing distinctive about them. You know, this is a really, this is a good time to talk about celebrity voices, I think. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's a big issue for us. And for, in general, the, the celebrity voices have taken over a lot of our business. And, in fact, the question is, do they sell more product than non-celebrity voices? And not, not only that, are they even recognizable? We mentioned right. Orson Welles at least once already. Was his one of the first celebrity voices used on, as voiceover on television commercials? I'd say he was the one of the yeah. early ones. Yeah, and he, he also and, appeared. Uh, we sell no wine before it's time. Right, exactly. Right. right, and I think it was it was because he needed the money. By the way, that was the yeah. He always needed money. He was always he always needed money. Sure. Peter and Coyote is a is a, another star that they use right. a lot. Um, well, he's very distinctive. He and, is very distinctive. And, and unique. And that's I don't know that he voice. sells it any more product what, what than Joel Corey or what does he Harlan sound Logan. Like? I like to think that. Uh, but, but, I, I, I can't... Uh, There's a lot of PBS. Uh, yeah. It's a very neutral sound. Yeah, he's very good. good. He yeah. sort of sounds he's like a, a younger actor. 
Henry Fonda. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Well, the, the other issue, issue too is celebrity uh, does does and we for a while there there was almost a, a nationwide fad of guessing who the celebrity was mm-hmm, on the commercial. Right. And if, for my money as an advertiser, I'm going, well, wait a minute, I'd like you to pay attention to my product, please, not who's yeah. voicing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, I even uh, we were talking in the break, and I said, you know, my favorite guy for uh, currently is Sam Elliott. I think he's got a tremendous voice, and he's doing something. And I couldn't tell you for the life of me what the product is, but I'm I'm enamored of the guy's read. He's just got a great read and a great one. Here's one that that I think actually. I mean, I agree with what the guys are saying too. If if Demi Moore could go back to the hole she was hiding in in Idaho, again that would be fine with me. (laughs) Um, But uh, but one one uh, recent uh, newcomer to voiceover we're hearing the spots a lot here in the Chicago area and I think they work and I think it was a brilliant choice on the advertisers part pardon me for saying so is using Tommy Lee Jones for SBC Ameritech mm-hmm. right, because right, right. no matter you know it's him right away it's a company that needs some right, image some you know you know and 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 I think I believe everything he tells me when I see him in a film and everything else and I think you know when he says you know listen we're just working people, so shut up. I, you know, okay, I will. And that, that's one, <laughs> that's a case in which I think it works mm-hmm. very, very well. Um, Roz from Frasier, the actress Perry Gilpin, she's another one mm-hmm. that could find a hobby. That would make me very happy because <laughs> what also happens to us, though, uh, is we get, we see it in auditions, then it's like, um, read it just like mm-hmm. Sam yeah, Elliott. That's right. Or, or give us a sort not of... Sam Elliott. Right. Or, give us a sort of Roz from Frazier, mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner for a long time. That thing, too, yeah, right. combined with a little Orson Welles, and we'll be great. And but there's no accounting for how some of these people are cast. I mean, I remember uh, I, I did a thing for a breakfast sausage, and uh, the, the tagline... Yeah, well, it doesn't matter, but... <laughs> I would say it. I, I mean, it was uh, Eckridge, I think, smoked sausage. And uh, I started listening, and I had, it was a nice little account, and all of a sudden I hear the spot, and I'm off. And instead of me, it's Bruce Dern. Now, Bruce Dern, if you remember, was a guy mm-hmm. who always played psychopath. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. So my line was, you know, something like, from Eckridge smoked sausage, from our house to yours. Yeah. And here you hear Dern doing it, go, Eckridge smoked sausage. Our house to yours. Yeah. <laughs> it was, a serial killer. Killer. It was, just, it was uh-huh. like a serial killer doing it right. It was ma- manic. It was like a, a madness. I couldn't figure out who came up with the, the brilliance of hiring that guy. To you remember? You remember Don Fogel? Oh, Don Fogel. Uh, wonderful. Guy. Yes. Uh, Don had. A, he was a great mimic and yes. did voiceover and writer usually. too. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Uh, and he told a wonderful story. Uh, uh, he um, did a great uh, Howard Cosell, the best Cosell oh, in the world. And he, they brought him in to do some spot. In, they told him, do it in the voice of Cosell. It was a half-minute spot or something with 200 words in it. Oh, <laughs> impossible. So he, and he couldn't possibly do it and read it. They wanted a fast Cosell. And he kept arguing with them, Cosell doesn't talk fast. That's the whole point. He's got right. a certain uh, rhythm. But they insisted on a fast Cosell. How to screw up a, a wonderful impression is give it, you know, narrative copy that the writer yeah. ha- doesn't write in the pen the way Howard Cosell would speak, you know. Yeah, I like I like the thing you had in the book about the introducing. <laughs> you were trying to make it sound like he's trying to make a something sound like it's a very natural read, 
and uh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a there. commercial, and, and the writer had called me because they said, we've auditioned in New York, we've auditioned mm -hmm. in L.A., and he remembered me. He was in Minneapolis, and he yeah. said, everybody would get sounds like an announcer. And, you know, I don't have big deep pipes or all that and so I, I went to see him and he had the copy and he wouldn't give me the copy which is your first tip you know get the <laughs> now now I want you to understand what's happening you know and he's holding it you want don't you make can't it up? see this <laughs> and he said Every, everybody sounded too much like an announcer so now you're at this party and you see this beautiful woman and you just talk to her casually you just walk up to her and you just talk to her it's okay I got it now you understand I don't want an announcer I just want you to just talk to this woman this beautiful woman beautiful woman absolutely honest. finally he gives me this holy grail of copy and the copy says introducing two new wines from Gallo <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it either <laughs> by the way can I introduce you to so, so yeah. you're Ron's yeah. actually right yeah. I mean you, you gotta write it <laughs> it's got to make sense of it. Halfway. I can yeah. see that. Like Someone a party says, scene, you have two glasses of wine, you approach the beautiful woman, and you say, but you pretend to be an You put introducing in front of anything, that uh, makes uh, on a whole yeah. new sound. Not a new sound, but how do you say that as a regular it's guy? A regular guy. There's, there's a scene, yeah, which I know it's from life, in one of the chapters of your book, V.O., uh, Tales and Techniques of a Voiceover Actor by Harlan Hogan. Available it's the everywhere. famous... <laughs> a uh, bit with Orson Welles tr doing something in England and oh. having a great fight with a producer Peace. who insists he wants him to put stress on the first word, the first word being in. Right, he wants... Uh, he, he in said, July. We'd like you to emphasize in a bit, in, in July. Or and Welles says <laughs> that's impossible. So there's no way to direct any living actor in Shakespeare. You can't emphasize <laughs> the word in in, in, in July. July. That's just stupid if you'll mind my saying so. <laughs> and he goes on and on. And eventually, in the end of that, he walks off yeah, right out of the door he finally says there's no money's worth this and walks out but yeah emphasize the word in yeah yeah <laughs> there was a, a commercial years ago for uh, the brotherhood of dodge and and richard uh or um uh, i want to say richard harris it wasn't richard harris uh oh, i've just blown the story peter O'Toole. uh it's one of those english actors richard let's Burton. call it R richard harris and uh, who, oh, my fair lady, who played my fair Rex Harris. 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 Rex Harris. Hey. Hello, thank you. Okay, thank you. Well, I can continue this story. <laughs> and uh, after the four-day shoot, he says, "You bleepity bleep, this is the worst four days I've ever spent in my life." And, he, and the commercial was, it was really a brotherhood of dodge, you know, and it was all this happy-go-lucky stuff. Sir, I have a special favor to ask of you. This, that time has arrived again. He's been down before in '60 and '62, but he's always managed to resuscitate himself, but we'll be right back. And we return to Harlan Hogan, Joel Corey, Lisa Lewis, and Ron Hawking. And Joel, uh, you have read this, uh, I think, delightful and most amusing and also very instructive book by Harlan Hogan. I want you to know I, I learned a lot from this book. Well, you're in this book, as a matter of fact. You pop I up know, he's there. very kind to me. In that but book. do a review of it for us. Uh, I would say that this is a... Anyone who wants to try to get into this business, this is a must-have. They should have this book because there are so many, there's so much advice in this book that is useful and uh, and up to date. And I think that's another thing about it. He's got so much that that is uh, very current because if you look at some of the older things that have been written, our business has changed. He talks about that in there. They moved our cheese. A lot. <laughs> and uh, so I think that one thing Harlan understands that, and he talks about it in the book, and I think that makes this book um, 
valuable. That in and of itself makes value, and it's very readable. It's uh, it's enjoyable. He's full of wonderful stories anecdotes, as well. Yeah. Adventures, misadventures, in the studio, out of the studio. Uh, he he was careful. He didn't mention too many names. I have to say that was you. You were careful. You, I was kind. You were. Yeah, you were <laughs> My book is good. I'm doing it as a. Uh, I'm going to self destruct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sparing anyone. All the agency guys. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting question. And you said you started doing this book because, in response to the question which is so often asked, is how did you get into this business? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that would be an interesting question for all four of you. But how did how did you in fact? Get into the business. Well, it took a whole book to tell the story, really, mm -hmm. because it's a real circuitous route. And and what's happened to me, I mean, and it's happened to all of us, of course. Is people say, well, what what is it you do? You know, that's the first question. And then, how did you get into it? And then sometimes, how can I do how it? Can I and not always. Right. And you not can always. make a living at it. Yeah, not always. Sometimes <laughs> you're just curious, you know. But I was this terminally shy kid and uh, terrible at sports and couldn't find a date, and, you know started doing magic tricks that was my sort of out that is and pathetic it's a pathetic That's story a pathetic. Do you know how many great uh, yeah. actors and comedians yeah. are magicians yeah well because, because we're all pathetic as That's Lisa pointed out you can leave now <laughs> but it's lonely out here it is you lonely now you know. anyway but i did some theater but I, and I had a seventh grade teacher who had a tape recorder and a microphone and a nice one and he had us do because we were nuts radio shows Oh, I just loved it. I, I mean, there weren't. Ra I'm not that old. There weren't radio shows even when I was a kid. But it was like, my God, I love this. So that led to the theater. That led to being a disc jockey in college because I needed money to get through college. And then I decided I wanted to do radio the rest of my life and tried selling computers and tried doing advertising. But in the advertising agency, I started doing what Ron was talking about, where they say, hey, 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 you were in Radio Read this, were you? Because they're always looking for somebody to work for free, you know. And I'd read it, and I'd say, hey, you're not bad, you know. And then I saw guys like Joel come in and make fortunes <clears throat> reading this stuff, and I thought, I want to do that. So that, that's really it in a nutshell. You're making you know? fortunes? Made, made, well, at the time, you know, made that first demo made and went lots. out and, and that was started making That was the first one that you blew at that, Monte Carlo. That was right? gone, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That was a, you haven't done anything until you've made and lost, you know, your fortune. Four or five fortunes, yeah. <laughs> right. I congratulate Harlan for, for putting a pen and writing the, to the page and, mm -hmm. and writing this book because, uh, as Joel said, it has a lot of, a lot of different stories, but uh, I don't think there's a book out there that, that uh, will go into the detail that this book does, especially from a guy that not only makes a living at it, but um, usually, uh, usually they don't talk about it. They, he's so he's taken the. You get next a sense step. from from this book that there is an eternal war, sometimes smoldering, sometimes fully uh, aroused, between the voiceover talent and the producers. <laughs> a Not war? necessarily. A war. Well, so. that, uh, I'll tell you, and you know, a certain the, tension. Well, the interesting thing that's is what makes that, it interesting. That yeah. we all get along pretty well with each other. Remember, we're competing for a lot mm -hmm. of the same work, but. Carlin, I was thinking about something that you had in the book that I thought was pretty funny. He was a great self-promoter. I have to say that about the guy. And much better than almost anybody. I mean, he did it with, with taste and with elan. There were people, right. Right. other people have done it, but sometimes <laughs> they go a little over the top. So he always he had that clever calendar, which was the best thing. But one year... What, what clever calendar? Well, if you look in the book, you'll see all these illustrations. Every year, Harlan came out with a calendar that he he collaborated with an artist mm. and it would be humorous every month was a humorous uh, um, uh, cartoon more or less but very elaborate 
uh, having to do with the advertising business or the voiceover business or what have you. There, there are a number of them in there. And he, one year though, he was going to put he put out these. Uh, do you remember when you did the uh, the, the um, stopwatches? Yeah. Harlan Hogan stopwatches. They're very clever. He, now you know the producer that you're talking about that we're warring with. He's got a stopwatch. He's got to always, you know, check the time. So Hogan says, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to get these stopwatches. I'm going to put my name on it. So every time this guy looks down at that watch, click Harlan Hogan. Here I'm using Ron Rocky. What am I doing? Harlan Hogan. I got his watch. I don't mind losing a job to you. Not only that, he made it so that the talent couldn't steal them because uh, for us, you know, you had a little click. You know, when you have a stopwatch, it goes Uh click can't use it in the studio, mm-hmm. you know, you can only use it outside, outside in the control the studio, room yeah. where the the uh, producer is. So I got wind of this, and I, they started coming out, and I told Mike King, I started this rumor, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> I, I said, you know, Mike, I've got a great idea for a product, I'm going to put it out, and I, I was very serious. Mike King was a, uh, is a, owns a studio right across the street in the Wrigley building, and, and he's a great friend of both of ours. And I said, I have a product I'm going to put out, and it is called the uh, the Joel Corey case for the Harlan Hogan stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to wrap it in this little case, but I'm going to leave room for all the controls. I swear to you, now, do, oh no, you really, you really took me seriously for a while. I, of course. Shall we now hear the voice of Harlan Hogan at work? Sure. Here it is. Remember the first time you went to Disney World? Well, it's just as good as you remember. Maybe even better. Maybe the elixir of life has gasoline and oil in it. And it isn't a fountain. It's a car. And the faster you go in it, the younger you feel. Once there was a beautiful princess who lived in a hamlet called Houston. Now, the princess had one wish, but her mom, the queen, said a trip like that would cost a king's ransom. She's a benevolent queen, but she keeps a pretty tight fist on the kingdom's checkbook. This is anxiety. You might recognize me as the gnawing feeling that lurks in the pit of your stomach. You people make my job so easy. Boy, you're full of compliments Mm, today. You bought something. What? I know you, Harlan. You never compliment me unless you're guilty, and you're never guilty unless you you bought something. something. Okay, what color are my great shoes? Blue. No. Black. Wrong. Green. Green, green, green. Not even close, close, close. The sullen sky burst into tears. Stephen ducked inside and darted for the phone. If he didn't hurry, Jackie would be off to the airport and gone forever. (laughs) What was that shoes bit? That was Marie. That's Marie Burke. Marie Burke. Our good friend Marie Burke. It was actually a spot that I wrote. Uh, you use your own name. Started once I used my own name. What the hell? Had to have somebody's name. I could put Joel or. What were you selling? Uh, Nakia phone cell- cellular one at the time. Now, uh-huh. One is gone, but they had, had a little writing assignment. So I thought, well, I also put my name in here. What the heck? The first of those clips, there were about five there, I think. The first had a touch of Mason Adams. Little I bit. thought. Did you did you hear that? Well, that's a high compliment. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. I met him once, and what a lovely man. Yeah. Charming. He seems like a very genuine oh, guy. Just yeah. fantastic. Uh, the one that we have not yet heard um, is Ron Hawking. Now, I don't know whether we've got you singing or no, we're no, talking. No, Joel. Joel, Joel you, we, you heard mine. So, all right, Milt, you know. Sorry. We heard your, oh, you know, Joel's I, over here. I'm sorry. No. But, but, Ron, do we have you doing your Sinatra act? Um, not here. N- no, no, no. Yeah. No, I, we, I merely yeah. brought. Uh, I merely brought. You brought the whole album. A little, a little something. Well, let's for say the a holidays, word. Let's but. say a word about that. 
of what uh, about the show about you as Frank Sinatra? Uh, well, it's not as Frank Sinatra. It is a, a special tribute to Frank Sinatra in my own voice. Uh, being that I do voices, I decided to go out on the stage and do it in my own voice because, as a singer, uh, this is the closest uh, to my real voice. Even though I do other characterizations, so it's it's been running since '98, and um, we're in negotiations right now. Uh, with a local, another local theater, and hopefully it'll be hitting the papers and the WGN uh, um, ad space with my time. Yes, you were on our yes. website, the WGN website. It's a terrific website. show, actually. Well. Uh, Fantastic. And the name uh, of the show is? His Way, a tribute to the man and his music. And I specifically did not mention Frank Sinatra's name because I didn't want mm -hmm. people to think <laughs> that I was trying to be Frank Sinatra because that's not the intent. However, I do do characterizations of other stars in the show that pay homage. I to do Frank. have a record at home uh, of you doing, uh, me doing many different uh, right. singers. Right. And uh, it's a wonderful special kind of mimicry, obviously. Joe O'Corey imitates, uh, uh, is it snap, crackle, or pop? That was one pop, of the first things you did. <laughs> pop in the Kellogg's Rice Krispies. That was one of the early. I was very lucky and when I got in the business and things really started. I, I'll tell you how I got that job. You know, mo as Tarlin was saying, most of the animated jobs are done out on the West Coast. And um, they were the standard uh, guys out there. There were. There was Dawes Butler, and right. uh, these were the old-time guys yeah. that would do it. And uh, what's it, um, uh, Paul Winchell and, and, and Paul, Paul yeah, Paul Friesen. All these guys were doing. And I discovered that these guys at Leo Burnett, for instance, would, would uh, do the demos here. And then they'd go out to the West Coast, and they'd do the voices out there. So the writer at that time was a couple of writers, were friends of mine. I said, you know, let me ask you that. I said, you know, do I do a nice job for you on these demos? He said, yeah, sure. I said, um, do you find that I'm, you know, up to snuff? You know, I'm doing it. Yeah, great. I said, but, you know, you always go out to L.A. and you do it with these guys. I was being very bold, but what did I know? I said, uh, let me ask them, just for fun, if I happen to be out in L.A. when you were doing these things, do you think you might actually call me to, to do this job? He said, yeah, sure. I said, well, you know what? I've got my grandmother living out there. <laughs> Made up a grandmother. I the said, you know, <clears throat> I said, tell you what, if you don't mind, would you mind calling? There was a lady at Leo Burnett at that time named Bonnie Murray. I said, would you call Bonnie? If you don't mind, I said, just let me know when you're going out there for pre-pro, pre-production. -pre I said, um, I'll, I, might, I might be visiting her. Who knows? Might just coincidentally be there. <laughs> so he was nice enough to do that. He said, tell Joel we're going out for pre-pro. I said, great. Tell him I'll be there. So sure enough. I started doing it, and it turned out that one of the guys, I think it was Dawes Butler, they had started putting music in these things, you know, singing. They had the characters sing. You know, things like, it's fun to put snap, crackle, pop into your morning. Dawes Butler wasn't going to be doing that. He had a very unique and wonderful voice, but I don't think he could, you know, carry a tune in a bucket. So he said, what the heck, we'll use Corey. And, I, and then the other two guys and I who did it, who were... Uh, uh, Frank Welker and Don Messick, who were two terrific voiceovers out on the West Coast, we kind of made these characters our own. We tell, we tell the writer, you know, these are the these are the uh, uh, this character has this emotion and this is how they feel. You know, Pop is not snap or crackle. He has other totally different. Characters. He's the doofus. This guy is the firm guy. You know, and we. I'm sorry, Pop would never do that. No, he would never. <laughs> yeah, right. One of those things. And I had it. I think for I don't know, 12 years. 
whatever, 15 uh-huh. years. It was a, I was bamboozling these people. <laughs> what were some of the lines? Did you remember? Uh, well, I remember the music more than anything. I think we did, uh, uh, let's see. Pop, it's a popping thing to do. You got to get cracking when crackle comes through. And you'll stop popping when pop starts popping. Snap, crackle, pop, rice krispies. That may also be on the clip we're about to play from one of your demos. Here is Joel Corey and many manifestations. The Rugrats glow-in-the-dark Halloween pail free when you rent any kids or family video from Blockbuster. I, Roche Pierre, will lead you to the gates of the goodies. Hey, there's Mean Gene Mosquito. He was public annoyer number one. Yeah, till Raid got him. I will lead you past through the darkness. Thank you. And now I will free myself from the throes of sticky flypaper. We're tough, tough, tough. We work hard with bleach so you don't have to. And you can blow amazing no-stick bubbles. That won't stick to your face. Dustin Hoffman is... Dr. McGillicuddy. Oh, what a meal And what the hell are briefs or boxers? Hey, sir, stay away from the mixed nuts and don't get jiggy with the melons. Her eyes were like pools of watery jello. Oh, even bigger than that, my friend. The children of the night. What music they make. That's right. You get to fulfill your fondest fantasy. As in the one and only Popsicle brand. Oh, my, that's wonderful. Those were good days when we could do all that stuff. One one night we were doing a mimics program, and I'm I'm real good at that, but I love it. And somebody taught me how to do Dracula. And it was by giving me the line and then the inflections. The bridge is off. You will stay. Do not. That's good. That's I can only do it with that one line. He's good, you know. But it's time for something else. Oh, my gosh. Uh... Hey, Rock, want to see me pull a rabbit out of a hat? That's not a rabbit. <laughs> oh, then let's go to commercial. <laughs> now, I've got to ask you for your professional opinion. You just heard that voice. Uh-huh. That's our Mr. Big Voice, uh, who uh, uh, is um, <clears throat> on an ISDN line from someplace down in North Carolina. Uh, but he does a good deal of that sort of stuff for us. How does that voice sound to you? Very hey. announcery. <laughs> yes. And now... <laughs> What's the nature of that kind of big voice? How do you get it? Uh, that, that, that's the promo voice. You could probably all do it if you chose to. Yeah, oh, you sure. do it. What you oh, do is they say put, that they don't want right. when we go in for an audition. The first no, thing no, you do is you look we don't want. Sometimes it's what they end up hiring, though, which is always oh, the it's joke. Terrible. The first thing is to lower your, 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 um, your frequency. A little bit. Is yes, it not? I think uh, some of that is your natural plumbing, though, if you will. Um, it, it's an it's a, a, it's a difficult a thing to plumbing, force. Yeah. What, what does a woman do when the demand is for a big voice? Uh, well, call a guy. <laughs> no, no, we can do it. Um, no, uh, it depends. Who's a big voice. You Who's place your voice. You place your voice in a different. Oh God, yeah. I, I mean, mm. I mean, I have I have to pull back on it a lot of the time because mm. I'm a stage mm. actor. Mm. So when I first got into this business, a lot of it was was the same way with working on camera was learning to bring everything down to a level of intimacy mm-hmm. where I wasn't, you know, projecting off the charts and burying the mm-hmm. needle, as they say, you know, so loud that... Uh, now, when Joel just said you, you place your voice, what do you mean? Sure. What does place mean in that sentence? Well, you know, you have... I mean, I guess Ron... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ron, Ron being a singer, it, and you, you have your head voice. And you, that's right. But, you know, you, play, you, you find a spot I do it in this way anyway. Right. You find the place in your 
in the cavity that you have that mm -hmm. gives you that what you need, that resonates. How do you find it? You, you just experiment. Practice, yeah. You Reading. You, you, you must do it. things in the car. I do. You know, shower, you know, shower, a, shower. A shower is wonderful. Mm. Uh, I had a, I had a, um, in fact, my wife said uh, when I heard you uh, uh, practicing in the morning, I had gotten this call to do David Letterman. And I'd never done David Letterman, but I did the old trick. I said, can you do David Letterman? I said, oh, sure, no problem. <laughs> okay, they want you over at uh, such and such a studio. So I, now that the, it's like a freight train coming towards you in the morning, you know, go, well, here's the, you know, the day of truth. Am I going to do David Letterman? So what they did was played a tape of David Letterman. I only not had to do David Letterman, but I had to loop my voice into David Letterman's uh, lips and, and make, with his, his uh, videotape. Oh, my God. And that was like the moment of truth. And, and it was uh, for a McDonald's sales meeting and uh and it was the top 10 list and it, and it, it went like this uh, uh here's here's something paul the uh top 10 reasons why mcdonald's managers don't go out into the lobby and then they <laughs> they cut to the one two three but i i managed to get that that much out because that's what he had actually uh that's what they wanted me to say uh, but I had to do it in such a way that they would cut away from the camera, so it looked like David Letterman talking. And I was doing David Letterman all day. Well, maybe that helped it, the fact that it came out of his mouth. Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely. But it was you a also, little video. Tape. You had to find the, the placement right, for that but voice was, in, your, in your head. So they I still don't understand what placement it's, means. It's I truly pitch. Don't. And, and right. um, to give a quick like sort of anatomy thing about the voices is that basically, ideally, like I said, breathing is a lot of it. The, mm -hmm. the ideal way to breathe, if you're either a musician, a singer, or, or in this line of business, is, is to not breathe in your chest, but to breathe, as they say, from the diaphragm. Con diaframo. Right, which is to fill, basically, if you take a deep breath, you're going to see your tummy rise mm -hmm. up. You're going to fill this barrel, create sort of a barrel of air. And then the, um, this is so hard with radio, because I'm making all these gestures, and they're for naught. Mm -hmm. um, the mm -hmm. air is going up from the diaphragm up through your head and ideally it's going to resonate through the mask which is like the bridge of your nose and under your eyes right here and it's going to find some resonance before it comes out and there are all different places in your voice for pitch and and other things and you know when you're doing like a, a, a big voice and you want the fullest sound you can make so you want a lot of resonance in that instead of, you know, something that's like really intimate and casual, so I would be breathing much more shallowly. And yeah, you may even open up your, I don't know how to describe it, but your, your face, so to speak. Your sinuses. Low, right. If you do right. something like this. Sure. It's, it's about, And you can you know, push too hard, like, uh, like a, sa they call it an overblowing, or like for a sax player or a trumpet player. Right. If you blow too hard, you'll have diminishing returns. You won't get the mm -hmm. tone that you want. So you're trying to find a certain pitch as Lisa said, or or higher low, and if you push too hard, I've experienced where nothing comes out, where you want it to be strong and big, and and then you push too hard, and it and it ruins it. Well, Harlan brought up another thing in the book, which I thought was pretty good, where he said how you work the mic has a lot to do with it. Sure. Right. If you want to get deeper and more resonant, you work closer to the mic. Yeah. You guys all have great appreciation for commercials. I noted while the last commercial break was on that you perked up when you heard the uh, commercial for Jiffy Lube. Yeah. It was a very funny dialogue mm -hmm. as the man was trying to phone Can't through and hold, get right. some service. Um, what are some of the great commercials you remember, whether you were in them or not? But what, wh when, in fact, commercial actors get together, voiceovers get together, and talk about uh, their field, what, what commercials do they remember? 
I, I start right off. I can think of something right now. We're talking about radio. You have to go back to my old mentor, Dick Orkin, um, and the Dick and Bird commercials for Time Magazine, which mm -hmm. were tremendous funny. Or for that uh, Oldsmobile dealer here in Wild. Wild 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 you know, she's she's Dick's partner. She's the yeah. she's, she's the one terrific. who helps him produce yeah. They're funny. Talk about a distinctive voice. Mm -hmm. Dick Orkin has a And his voice doesn't age. Does. One recognizes it's it. It's always now. the same. When I was a kid, I remember um, the uh, Chicken Man. Chicken Man. That was him, right? Mm -hmm. right? Okay, and he and sounds... Right, he sounds today... The same. <laughs> the same. Yeah. Dick and I and Patty Wilkes did, did the Tooth Fairy, along with some other local actors. Now, who were you on the yeah, Tooth you Fairy? Were, I was a lot of people. I was most of the other guys. <laughs> well, what? Dick was Dr. Armadingo and the Tooth Fairy. And then I was right. the Sandman. Now, what was, was what was our, our mutual friend Wayne Julin? Yeah, very, he'd come in once in a while and do do parts. I'm not, I don't remember yeah. exactly. And, and Brad Bisk used to come in and do it sometimes. Uh -huh. and, and, and Patty Wilkes. She played the she nurse, was nurse Durkin. Nurse Durkin. Durkin. Yeah. And uh, she had a couple some other parts, too. And... We had, we had, but it was it was almost like a little repertory company. Patty used to come on this program it's years ago, yeah. yeah, together with Julian and some others. Who is Miss Helfinger? Yes, Chicken Man. Oh, in Chicken Man? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, that could have been Patty Wilkes also. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it, was. No? it was. You know, he did those over at WCFL. Yeah. And I think... I want to say Jim Runyon was the announcer there. Mm -hmm. It might even have been his wife right. or something. What are some of the other memorable commercials? Oh boy! I Schlitz just... beer. Oh, tell that one. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean Schlitz beer was, uh, you know, it, it had, and you were talking about that earlier, but they were great well, the commercials, and I and great. on the TV stuff, and I, and even the radio look out for the bull. That was great stuff. Uh, the, the, but but uh, the Men in the Sea campaign, I think, is the one you're talking about. That was phenomenal. That's right. Back to the ship. How'd that go? Back to the ship. And I had the opportunity of singing on those once around, take the, the gusto life's giving, and they were such nice vignettes and things like that and then Schlitz came out with uh you're gonna take my Schlitz away and they had this boxer kind of a yes, you know I'm I was gonna... lucky enough to be on that yeah, <laughs> yeah well, right we we all were sharing in the it was glory called the days drink Schlitz or I'll kill you yeah drink Schlitz or I'll kill you yeah drink Schlitz or I'll kill you and that just <laughs> put it right into the beer the, uh, the beer was was destroyed by this campaign yeah. a lot of it was uh, not that it, I think they had some problems with the well, brewery they were searching for a campaign when they had a winning campaign Classic yeah. advertising mistake. This is a case where a new brand manager came in. There. Oh, they want. I'll to, tell you what. You know. I'm. I'm going to tell a story, and this is how it was told to me. I'm not. I, I, it's only as it was told to me, so I don't want to be sued by anybody. But there was a brand. <laughs> well, they're out of business. So. Yeah, the the Stars guy. Uh, uh, Schlitz originally was a very successful number two beer in the in the country, and the uh, the brand the uh, brand was doing all right. And uh, we went into a recession. It was, I don't remember when this was, one of the recessions. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the brand man, they, they came out with a beer called Old Milwaukee. You remember that? Mm -hmm. And it became extremely successful beer. And uh, the brand manager on that, I don't remember his name, but he became the kind of the head brand guy at Schlitz. Why? Because he was on the successful brew. Well, the fact is that Old Milwaukee was successful because it was cheap. And people oh, couldn't yeah. afford the mainline brand, so they switched to Old Milwaukee. So he happened to be in the right place at the right time. So now they thought he was a genius. <laughs> so they brought this guy in, and he became <laughs> the head guy. And he was the guy that wanted to shake things up. And uh, I don't want to tell you, he was a very, uh, I was told he was quite a, uh, 
a boorish fellow, but I don't know anything about him. That was from the beginning. And he was a guy that came that that so uh, did, you're going to take away my schlitz. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or I'll kill you. And I was the guy that went. Eh, excuse me, champ, uh, but uh, we'd like to take away your schlitz and have you try our beer. Yeah, 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 and we were singing some jingle that was not any longer uh, uh, Once Around Taste the Gusto Life's no, Given. It was something okay. totally different. They had a winning campaign. You really think that the change in the campaign wrecked the beer? Oh, it, it, it didn't help. It, it didn't help it, and, and it went south after that. Well, yeah. all right, I, was, I know that they had some problems with the brewing of the beer. That mm -hmm. They had some things, but... I think this campaign definitely. I mean, the taste of the beer has something yeah. to do with it. It's still out there. It hastened, well, it's yeah. it's not Schlitz anymore. It's, it's malt liquor. It's, it's something. Malt liquor. I don't know. It's, it's a different bowl, company, I mean, and uh, they sort of revived the name, but I don't think it has anything to do. With it. yeah, <laughs> it's not huge. There is no more. It's not the beer that made. Uh, what are some? Are, th are there any commercials you can pinpoint that you can remember that really made a product that brought a product from nowhere into real commercial success? Ooh. Clapper. Yeah. Clapper. That's an inside joke. What is clapper? Uh, the, the clapper. The clapper. Clapper. Yeah. Clapper. Oh, the but lights that yeah. you put on. Yeah. It's, it's With so the old lady of the bed clapping. I can't I have to pat myself on the back. <laughs> I had one that they told me. They, when we started doing the product, they said, this is the last hurrah for this product. They're going to take it off the shelves. And uh, it became very successful. What was it? And then they knocked me off. It was hamburger helper. Ah, <gasps> uh, yeah, and 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 they, we came up with this critter, which was the hand, the, the hand, you know. We heard it. You know, he had that little voice. Yeah. And uh, the talking hand. The talking it? hand. Right? Yeah. <laughs> to tell it to the hand. Right. Talk to the Talk hand. To the hand. Right. So yeah, and apparently, I'm not saying that did it, but the camp, but they told me they said this is it. If this doesn't work, we're done. And, and that revived uh, hamburger helper. It would, I mean, whatever. They kept the thing going for years, and then somebody said, "This is too silly or too stupid or whatever." They, I don't, don't know what happened. Well, the partner, they still have the hand. I saw it on TV. I know he's got a voice again. He's got another. He's got a voice. Another and, guy, right? And, uh, they killed well, who, me. Now, whose idea was the hand? Um, I want to go the back. Four-finger hand. I want to give the guy. Oh, I want to <laughs> give the people credit that did that. And I, I know Larry Pasteur was one of the guys that worked on uh -huh. that. And, um, gosh. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in trouble over it at BBD and Needham. Well, it was Needham Harper and Steers at the time. But you you folks sometimes come up with creative ideas, don't you? Well, actually, uh, you, uh, you Harlan, I learned from your book, have worked on the generation of advertisements as well as the performance of them. Yes, uh, yeah, and that's in the last few years been writing more, and then I finally wrote the book, you know. But yeah. uh, it is interesting to be on the other side of the glass and having written things and and occasionally hiring. Voiceover talent. And Are you sometimes the guy in the that. booth who says, "Do it this way"? Well, I'm on the other side sometimes, directing. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. and you it's, did that for and me it's, recently. We worked together. At, I did yep. it with Lisa. Beat the dickens out of it. How many times I make you do that? I don't know, Twice. Four, five bruises. I don't well, know. Well, what I learned is what we've all we as talent always knew that 99% of this is casting. So if you cast the right person, you'd someone mm -hmm. like Lisa comes in. We got through. We did a. A uh, political spot. Yeah. I mean, I really bought her second take. A it was political absolutely spot. Absolutely perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. For whom? It should be revealed now. Okay. Ask. It was. It was not in this area. It was no. uh, oh. for the south. Someone oh, said. remember it was uh, it was you and uh, Trent Mike Lott, Matheson, wasn't it? another. Yeah, yeah. I did Mike cast Matheson myself another, in one of the parts. I'll have to another, another terrific now. guy. <laughs> and and we were it playing was Bernie Evers and Bernie uh, Evers and Ken, Ken Lay. 
and gloating was, over how we had taken America. But the one thing you, you don't remember is who the candidate was. No, it was Chat. Was it Chapman for Congress? Yeah, I think it was Ron in Chapman. Ron, Ron Chapman. Chapman, and that's in G G Georgia. I think it was Georgia. Yeah. So Lisa was saying, uh, what if you were a fly on the wall when Wouldn't Bernie Edwards calls? Wouldn't you like Edwards to be calls? a fly on the wall when these two guys boy, get together? How yeah. you doing? And Mike Matheson said, we made out like fat rats, didn't we? You know, we're <laughs> laughing about it. And of course, she points out how her candidate would send him right to jail. Right, uh, and that's a whole other And that other was ISDN. We did that at my mm -hmm. house in my studio. Is and that we ISDN to Washington. But it, it, it's very, I have found when I write commercials and um, that I hear talent in my ears. I mean, I hear Joel, or I hear Ron, or I hear Lisa, I hear our friend Chris Harlan, and then or Marie, and, and I write for them because I know what they sound like, and it's a great inspiration, right. and I think it is something that a lot of writers in advertising now, because we audition everything, and I understand that concept, but they're missing out on something, because when you have somebody you can write for, it's easier. We must absent us from Felicity a while. Boy, I tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape, you know? We'll be right back right after these messages. Ooh. And we return to conversation with Harlan Hogan, with Lisa Lewis, Joel Corey, and Ron Hawking. Leading members of, shall we be utterly cliched and speak of you as the voiceover community of no, Chicago? Yeah, sure, good. why not? Uh, but it is time to invite telephone calls. 591 591 7200 to raise any question, to um, seek any memory, to share any memory, or for that matter, if you're another member of the Chicago voiceover community, mm -hmm. to join uh, in the general convivial conversation. Uh, or if you're listening to us on the internet far away, as for example in Manila, or in Kuala Lumpur, or perhaps um, in Firenze, uh, then you can reach us via email, that's the easiest way. The email address, extension 720, at Tribune.com, extension 720, at Tribune, T-R-I-B-U-N-E.com, or for phones, 591-7200. Get your calls and or emails in quickly. We'll get to you in just a few minutes. Um, let's listen to another tape before we do that. And I'm looking for, by golly, I've lost it. Oh, here we go. Um, I think I want to hear a second round from Lisa Lewis. So whichever play, tape of hers we didn't use before, Let's play that one right now. Kelly Springfield tires are designed to go a long way. Get every mile you can out of life. New Lunchables All-Star Burgers and Hot Dogs. Fun to eat, no need to heat. But how could we let a little thing like a box come between you and our great tasting cereal? So come on, get cracking. Because life on land is dry. You tried, but somehow that rack of land whoa, came out a little crispy. So you stick around, yet your bank ignores you. Well, not when it comes to fees. And how does that make you feel? Overdrawn. Salads bursting with crisp lettuce and onions. Just pick strawberries and grapes. Mrs. Barsky. Yes, doctor? It was a success. <gasps> Meet your clones. Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. Wow. What are they advertising on that clone thing? Beef. That's for the uh, Beef Council. That's really? Yes. That's very cool. It was just a story that I read today in the Times, I guess, that uh, there are three cloned babies expected right. to be born. The mm. first one uh, by that Italian guy who... Uh, I hope uh, they like the first one. The first yeah. one by January, <laughs> supposedly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, we will go to the phones. 591-7200 is the number. And you are on the air. Good evening. 
Good morning, uh, Dr. Uh, Rosenberg. Where are you calling from? Uh, my car, Naperville. Um, Still evening there, I trust, rather than morning. But yeah, Western. Western uh, <laughs> Sorry, I work the third shift. So. All right. Uh, uh, what I was interested in, books on tape, I, uh, since I work third shift, I listen to those a lot. How has that affected your marketplace, and uh, has any of your guests done any work in, along those lines? I was curious what that was like versus uh, doing uh, taglines like they do. Sure, somebody's reading that stuff. Have any of you done that yet? Yeah, I've, I've done a little bit of it. It's something that I would really like to get into more, and I have an agent in New York who does some of that, and it, that to my understanding, seems to be done mostly out of New York because that's the mm. center of the literary world. And I'm also learning that that's a whole skill set unto itself. Um, often the books are read by the authors. Um, when they're not, um, there are certain other actors. Again, it's the celebrity thing where they're, you know, they're right. looking for someone. Um, and I know that, um, that uh, one friend of mine, actually, uh, who works out of Denver, has a wonderful job reading books on tape for the Library of Congress, hmm. which is certainly a huge volume of work. Um, but it's it's wonderful, and you really, I think that's when being an actor really comes into play, because with fiction, uh, you really have to make that come to life. You I know. have to admit, I pick books based on the narrator and not the book itself sometimes. Well, there hmm. you go. That's good to know. Can we quote you on that? <laughs> <laughs> if you're good, yes. Yeah, okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Glad to have heard from you. Let's go quickly to another on 591-7200. Good evening. Good evening. I'm curious how they uh, folks protect their voices in a world full of viruses and bugs, and uh, do they go to voice coaches? Do they go to uh, doctors? And what happens when they mm -hmm. get in trouble? I pray. <laughs> you pray a lot. <laughs> Hogan's got some secret uh, medication that he I talked do, about I in do. the I book. I, I yeah. just I said, gee, that's what's been keeping that. You know, all of us <laughs> have had trouble. What do you have? I can't pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> Are there specialists in, in, a, in a, an area like Chicago that deal with folks like you? This is their area, coaching uh, medical doctors who deal with actors and singers. Uh, sure. Uh, I've heard of somebody, but I've not personally gone to anybody other than you know it runs right we pray and it, and you try to you go be, to your not, doctor not yeah, be stupid, knows try to uh, uh, speak yeah. over it what is this yeah. medication or whatever that uh, we were the talking formula about? if you really 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 have it bad i found out about something that's fairly new no. you absolutely have to go to the doctor i personally is this have used salt water and chloroseptic and you know gone oh, simple sure. and mm -hmm. try not to talk you know. no i'll tell you right. if you have a head cold though uh i i use that uh 12 hour nasal spray mm -hmm. and if you shoot it in there just at the right time <laughs> it'll work i mean it'll give you quite a few hours of uh, pretty clear pretty clear-headed i had a dismaying experience uh, just a while ago uh, a good friend of mine leon cass who is the uh, the head of the president's commission on bioethics professor at the university of chicago but on leave now in washington came on here to talk about that work and about a new book he had just done and as we were sitting in the green room, so-called, uh, getting ready, I found my voice getting hoarse. By the time I got into the studio, I could barely I heard at that all. Show. I croaked for an hour. Mm. I came down with a complete case of laryngitis. I had to end the program after an hour and put a tape on. And uh, I sat at home for two days, and the whole thing just magically lifted. I was really empathizing with you, Milt. I heard that show. Did you? Yes, I did, and you were really in trouble. Horrible experience. Wow. If, it, if it hadn't been a friend of mine with an important book, I would have quit after five minutes, but mm. under the circumstances. That's one of the worst cases of laryngitis. I mean, you couldn't literally 
couldn't croak it out. It was like that. He couldn't yeah. even get that yeah. far. Yeah. Sure. I, I did find this, by the way. It's called a steroid dexamethasone. Oh, and that, of course. Only yeah. only by prescription, but it right. really can save steroid somebody. Steroid dexamethasone? Dexamethasone. If, if they had so, had that, uh, my whole life would have been changed. What does it do for you? It apparently, I've not tried cords, it. shrinks sure. the vocal cords up and lets you go on. The problem with any of that, of course, as we all know, is you know it's a temporary relief, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just rest that really works. But you know, the first you know. big job I ever got, I lost. It was in New York. I was in New York, just happened to be there, did read for uh, certs, you know, the mints. Mm. And at that time, this was in the early 70s, I think 1970 or 71, this was a big account. and. Um, and I got the audition. So they called me back a week later, and I had been in Atlanta. I was doing a boat show or something. Came in, terrible case of laryngitis like you. Could hardly speak. And they wouldn't call, you know, wouldn't postpone it. So, and here was this great thing, you know. Well, these are going to be, and the guy uh, who, that's you know, this young kind of wise guy uh, producer, you know, telling me, ah, I'm going to make you a lot of money, boy. You know, these are the first <laughs> four, the first four of these. And then four TV, you know, Class A spots, the big stuff. And two, two, two mints in one. So <laughs> I am I begin, you know, practicing and so on. And now they turn, you say, all right, let's get a level. So they, that means, you know, you're going to go into the room and get the, have the engineer work on the thing. And we open up the, he opens up the mic and I go, two, two, two mints in one. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who was all set to listen his head just went down on the table. It was obvious that I wasn't going to make it. One of, oh. Excuse me, let's go okay. to another caller here. This is a question for you, I think, Lisa. Hello, you're on the air. Hi there, how are you? Yeah. Go ahead, uh, sir. I beg your pardon? Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, Lisa, I just wondered if you could just explain that breathing thing again. Let me check out <laughs> something with you first. Uh, I'm told you're on the Internet. Is that true? Uh, I am. I am listening to uh, screaming, uh, streaming audio on GM. You know. Where are you? I bet he's Florida in Florida Keys. Keys. We, we know where he is. We know where he is. He's in the Keys. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, one of our favorites. This is a, our friend Chris Harlan. Wait, I better turn down my computer. Yeah, please. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> this, is one of the the top, this is one of the top voiceovers in the business. Uh, Lisa, I, I, yeah. get out the manual. You better explain, Lisa. What, yes, what this, is, this is Chris Harlan. Um, and, uh, let, actually, I'm eating pudding. Yeah, he's eating pudding. <laughs> I am. If, you, if you let, uh, uh, what is that spot you have on? What is the, for the... Uh, the I say diarrhea. Yes, you do say <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> because you're talking for Pepto-Bismol. What do you yeah. say? The upset your stomach? Upset stomach, diarrhea, heartburn, indigestion, first aid for stomachs. He's not trying very hard right no, now, but no, if, he, no. if he was doing it full out, everyone that was listening would recognize Chris's voice. Oh, yeah. I recognize well, go on. Do it full out. Um, uh, heartburn, indigestion, diarrhea, and upset stomachs. That's Chris. Something like yes. that. He's one of our. I don't have the copy in front of me, Mel. Sorry. I'm <laughs> pudding. <laughs> he's one of our one of our favorite uh, colleagues, and he's a bum because he's spending his winters in the Florida Keys while we're up here freezing. Give us a weather report, Uncle Chris. Right now. Yeah. Uh, 78 and dark. Bye bye. Okay. <laughs> it's 50 here Thanks tomorrow. Thanks for calling. Thank you. <laughs> up to six. I'm enjoying the program very, very much. Well, we're glad to have you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, this, bye. this guy's big. I've heard his name. He's yeah. very big. He's oh, big yeah, and you're a big guy. Yeah. That's what I was talking about, as, about as a, when, you're, when you're writing. Yeah. Yeah. Chris has that unique, slightly off-kilter sound. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I was writing a, a thing for an industrial company, uh, for uh, Miller Electric, and, and they wanted to have, you know, what is usually kind of a dull thing. It was the wrap-up. 
and uh, didn't have a lot of money, so I wrote this thing where it was postcards from Appleton. And Chris was the salesman who'd gone to Appleton to the convention right. and was writing home <laughs> about all the new friends he made. Well, only Chris could make that work, and I could only write that because of that wonderful voice of his. Understated, downplayed, and right. funny. But with attitude. Uh -huh. With an attitude. With, with an attitude. attitude. And it's just... He's got a wonderfully uh, yeah. natural, uh, comedic uh, he must be having fun. Uh, talent. Yeah, he's, Chris, he's just sitting he's there tremendous. eating pudding and listening to us rave about You're him. You're my hero. And we have more business to transact. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Holy cow, we got another commercial. We'll be right back. We are loaded with calls and with email. Here's one from uh, a suffering member of your own profession, I gather. <laughs> Hello, you're on the air. Yes, hi. Um, I had a question for you. I've done maybe... 10, 15 commercials over the last several years, and I'm uh, the announcer on a local TV show, and I just really do it more, as a, more or less as a hobby. But the problem I have is I sound like an announcer no matter what I'm doing, and I have no range at all. I, when I do commercials, they say, read it again like this, and it comes out the same way every okay. time. What can I do to try and develop a little Why not more? accept your fate and be an announcer? <laughs> well, there's that. But, um, it's not a big market for it anymore. You, you live true. here in Chicago? Yes. Take an acting class. Take an improv class. I would recommend um, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Do something that, that, that gets you out of your head and thinking about other things aside from how you sound. Uh, improv, I'm, I'm an improviser, so I have a, a tremendous bias toward that, and I think it's good for a lot of things. Um, but I would recommend... Um, looking into taking an improvisation class. Um, you don't necessarily have to be funny if you're just taking it for a class. Um, but do, do something that, um, that expands your acting yeah. horizons a little bit. Yeah, and don't be afraid to uh, go over the top. I mean, uh, take chances, take risks. I think a lot of people um, don't, don't want to feel silly or do something. Right. You know, go ahead and do it. You know, do you think put those women's clothing in. <laughs> is there still enough of a market at this point, though, for people that sound like announcers, or do you still have to have that conversational kind of sound? Well, um, Nelson Brothers has been gone a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, just one quick story. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm the announcer on a local TV show, and we were sponsored by Jewel a few years ago, and I wanted to have Joe Slattery on, who is the voice sure. of Jewel, right. Jewel man. for probably 30 years. So at the beginning of every show, I would say, this portion of the show is brought to you by Jewel Osco. And I said, you know, I do this every week. Let's get somebody new to do it. So I got four people from the audience, and, you know, each one did it. And then Joe was the final person, and naturally he did it with you know, <laughs> a phenomenal voice. And I said, well, you know, a little more practice, and you might be pretty good at it. <laughs> great, great writing right there. Thank you so much, sir, for the call. Thank you. Good luck. And, uh, Email, would you please ask your guests whether they have ever done any voiceovers for movie trailers or television programming commercials? I'm sure you have. Uh, I'd sure. love to do a movie trailer. Never have, but uh, the closest thing ever got to a kind of a promo announcer is uh, the old Siskel and Ebert show. I yes, you were the voice of that of, program. Of that for five years. You remember the line? This week, Siskel and Ebert review, you know, and then mm -hmm. the movie... But the tra you know, trailers are like animation. 99% of that is done on the West Coast. We don't right. have a lot of it. I've done some movie trailers, but they're for cable networks. So, but the I, other thing know, that all of you have done, cable. I gather, is narration for 
uh, industrial films or videos, corporate videos, and in-house so on. videos, right. in-house. Things, things you have yeah. to watch at work, stuff right. like that. Or and that's a good mar- that's a good market. Isn't it's it? a wonderful market. Um, if you go to the Adler Planetarium, you want to learn about black that's holes. Huge. You get about twenty minutes of me or, yeah. or the Jim Beam Distillery. You learn all about how to make bourbon, and uh, it's kind of fun, you know. And that's that's been a Chicago staple. All along. Oh, Actually, uh, I did do uh, movie trailers, but did you? Uh, yeah, for years ago, Channel Seven used to have an afternoon movie. Oh, yeah, and I used to do those all the time for yeah. the lady who, a couple of different people who wrote those uh, spots. And some of them were really funny. In fact, some of the stuff that was on that goofy tape were from those those uh, mm-hmm. trailers. Another question from uh, comes through via email. I've heard for years that a successful voiceover talent easily makes a six-figure salary. True or false? He says true or false. Can, can, can be true can and can false. Be true. Six figures it, isn't all that it's much. It's not so much good. money, is it? Right, and, it, and it's, it's been tough lately. The, you know, the economy being what it is, uh, there's so much clutter. They talk about advertising clutter. You know, the advertisers, especially, you know, after September 11th, there was a lot of concern. They, you know, didn't know what they wanted to do. And Are residuals still as good as compound interest? Uh, residuals <laughs> are always better than compound interest, residuals. but if you can get them. Are wonderful. We're just not there the way they used to. Explain to people what 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 a residual is. Reuse on a Class A spot, like Joel was talking about earlier, is uh, that is the 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 top of the heap. You get paid every time they play the commercial, right? Right. And And it's a common misconception that every commercial you see Mm -hmm. is a as they call it a pay-per-play spot. Very few of them are. They have to be on one of the major networks and fed out of the the feed out of you know New York right. um, so cable like when you see one spot continually over and over and over again on cable uh, the actors are not necessary they're not being paid per use so and there's a lot of undercutting going on too yeah and another caller hello you're on the air hi I just I have a kind of a two-part question uh, the first is uh, what is your comment on what I would consider a dearth of really bad voiceovers and two how has celebrities impacted your business. Well, we talked about that earlier. You you, you all felt that celebrities had taken some of the business away, hasn't you? They've taken the, the, the good class A right. residual yeah. paying ones from mm-hmm. us, a lot a lot of us. And they, they get guarantees. Sure. A lot of them get guarantees. So Peter why don't you go out there and become a celebrity? Well, that's why I wrote the Fight book. Fight fire you with know, fire. Well, but uh, my grandma always said, "Why don't you become a star?" Where you go. I don't know. Easier said yeah. than done. Uh, Are you going to dance away from the uh, oh dearth of bad voiceovers? No, I think it's I think it's terrible think for the business, right. and I think it, I think it's it's it cheapens everything it touches. <laughs> I, the, you know, the car commercials are the the king of the cheap uh, Watch voiceover now. commercials. <laughs> yeah. Well, cars. I mean, I mean, like the local car dealers. Car dealers, yeah. Uh, those yeah. are generally mm, what we call buyouts or non-union or uh, or the nephew of the uh, yes. dealer. Right. And lo- exactly. local local advertising has always been with us. It just That's yeah. what our friend uh, Jack uh, uh, Jack would also used to call a vanity advertising. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the dealer himself mm-hmm. would get on and yeah. start talking about. It. Yeah, I remember those two guys. What were their names? Celosio. Yeah. 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 But you remember, the their names. you yeah. remember their names. I remember the tag, too. Right? We always get more money. More money. More money. Save more money. Yeah. So that but, worked. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, in a sense it did. Yeah. I, the vanity doesn't bother me no, that much because it's like, okay, but when they get somebody and it's just terrible and horrible and screaming uh-huh. at you. And, you know, classic none of us are poor mouthing, but the, the cost of hiring a professional to do an ad, even in the Chicago market, is not a lot of money. And I have clients that I write for who go, you're kidding, and that's all it is? They think it's a fortune. 
So it's not. But car dealers have been doing that you know, for a time right. immemorial. Right, and that's yeah. not that's not new. The thing that's disheartening, I think, is to see how much, um, you know, a, I've always I've always said that a a, um, a good read doesn't make a spot, but a bad read will surely kill it. <laughs> and and I think I see so much of that, like a great idea, and it, it's just destroyed by a really poor performance. Mark. Let's go back to the phones, 591-7200. At the moment, I see one line available. No, it's just gone. But if you're trying to reach us and not getting through, then I'll call again after we say goodnight to somebody else. And here is the next somebody else. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, this is Pat Duke. Hi, Pat. Hey, Pat, how are you doing? <laughs> Another member of the Guild, I guess. I knew you'd call. I got to say, I'm good friends with uh, Harlan and Ron and Joel and Lisa. And I have something I think that you guys need to uh, talk about, which is... Uh, when you, uh, someone comes uh, across your path and they say, I have a wonderful voice and my parents people love tell my me. voice, yeah. Yeah, my family loves my voice, everyone <laughs> says I should do voiceover. What do you tell those people? Because we all run into it constantly. I have a new comeback for that, Pat. Here's, here's, my, here's what I say. If the people telling you you have a wonderful voice are people in a position to hire you, Believe them. <laughs> if it's a friend or a relative, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And you well, have a terrible voice, by the way. And you know that. <laughs> <laughs> you have some chicken there. <laughs> I just, I try to tell people as honestly as I can. Um, my old joke used to be what you do is, hey, I want, you know, I want to, I want to get into voiceover. What can I do? I say, right, first, here's what you do. You take your right arm, you put it up over your head, you pull your left arm out of the socket and then beat yourself over the head with it because it is it's it's in extraordinarily competitive it's a it's a tighter market than it ever were ever was before and also as pat knows very well and all these guys do because of technology which is terrific it's now a global market so right. we're not just uh you know auditioning against people that live in chicago we're now they right. can audition uh you know 40 people from new york 40 people from L.A. and 40 people from Chicago in one morning and, and maybe, have it uploaded. And maybe some English actors who could do a good American sure. Oh, accent. absolutely. Sure. And, and, go on it in from London. and, and they may never get as far as your audition. You may be, if you're, you know, 30, number 35, they may say, uh -huh. okay, 23 is fine. Let's take it. Right. True. Go on. Well, we do have some great training places here in Chicago, like the audition studio. The audition studio right. I would nice recommend, too, because right. you're taught by pros. It's people who do yeah. the work. Pat, before we run to commercial, tell us what you've done lately. Uh-huh. Uh, Pat? Yeah. Uh, I do, uh, <laughs> for, for the past three and a half years, I've been the voice of Coors Beer. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, God, for like seven years, I was the voice of Bullseye Barbecue Sauce, which is uh, the big bull taste of bullseye tastes the best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, you might have heard my voice every once in a while. I'm sure I did. Encore. Yeah. Encore, right? Oh, yes. Sing the encore. encore. Sing the encore. Sing for tasting more, it's encore. That's it. Oh, my. Yeah. That's the <laughs> biggie. I feel I've known you all that's my the life. Money, that's the money job, right? That's yeah. plum. Thanks that's very plum. much for calling. Thanks, Pat. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you. So long thank you, Pat. And a last round of those things. Hello, this is the Milk Rosenberg Show. Hi. Your pal Bing Crosby. It's a holiday season. But we'll be right back right after these messages. Ho, ho. And um, there's an email I do want to read. Usually we don't give names, but this time I will. Uh -huh. It says, Milt, hello to Joel and his gang of great voices from Joel's cousin, Chuck, in L.A., listening 
on the Internet. Great uh, show, Chuck. Oh, thank you, Chuck. That's great. And Chuck even identifies himself as Charles yeah, Abrams. Charles Abrams, Fine right. art photographer. And he, is, he uh, was in the advertising business for years himself. And he worked for Burnett. He worked mm -hmm. for a lot of big agencies there. Now, Lisa was burning to make a particularly uh, significant statement about the very book that yes. is the basis for our discussion tonight. Yes. And one of the, one of the things that I think is terrific about, about Harlan, Harlan's book and the fact that Harlan wrote this book is uh, if there's anybody out there listening tonight that, you know, that thinks, boy, I'd really like to get into this and it's something I've always been interested in. There are a lot of books out there. There are a lot of classes, a lot of people that are willing to separate you from your money. What's terrific about Harlan's book is that it is written by someone who does this for a living and someone who is going to be straight with you and tell you the realities of the business. There are lots and lots of people out there, especially in a tight economy when there isn't much work for actors, that turn to actors and acting hopefuls um, to hang out a shingle and, and produce a demo. And I'm not kidding you, demos, in, even in this city, can go, they'll get three, $4,000 out of somebody. Uh, and knowing already that, that it's difficult to get an agent and so on and so forth, but Harlan really gives you the, he gives you the facts and, and he tells you it straight from and somebody as, who knows as, it. As, as someone who has no ambition to become a voiceover actor, not after my dismaying experience 15 years ago, I will still testify that this book by Harlan Hogan VO, Tales and Techniques of a Voiceover Actor, is wonderfully amusing and Thank informative you. reading. You don't have to be a potential VO to enjoy this book. Uh, another email I want to read to you. Ordinarily, we don't give names, but this time it seems relevant, uh, just as it did a moment ago. Listening to the streaming signal in Kansas City uh, to Chicago colleagues about the business in which we're blessed to earn our living. Thanks, and hi, everybody. Full-time VO in Kansas City since 81. It can be done exclamation point <laughs> and thanks Astra and SAG too and it's John Jessup, John Jessup. of Sea Lion Productions Astra SAG you know John that's great yeah. I do I do know John and he sent me a link he does some wonderful stuff with uh, I listened to today with Kansas Public Radio the, oh, the yes? comedy group called uh, right between the ears I listened oh, to some great. of their stuff today he's a great yeah. guy and here's another caller hello you're on the air hi my name is Peter and I just turned on your uh, show maybe 20 minutes ago and uh, you've answered uh, some of the questions while I've been listening, Dr. Rosenberg. But the What's, what, what, what do we hear behind you, sir? Uh, oh, I'm in a restaurant. I got out of my car and parked my car I in the see. meantime. And uh, I, I've been acting in Chicago for two and a half years. I just started. I'm 57 years old. just started a, a couple of years ago at it, and I've been good at that. And I think the question that uh, uh, your uh, woman uh, guest addressed is, how do I, I've taken classes at the audition studio in acting. How do I know right away if I have what it takes or not? Or will I be strung along? Uh, as she said, you know, there's a lot of people who take their money, your, your money from you. So how do you know if you should continue in that pursuing voiceover or not? What's the mystical sign that tells you you're in the right profession? Somebody getting hired. Yeah, somebody wants to hire you. Yeah, are you getting hired? You've got to have a passion for yeah, performance and as well. I think that that... Uh, goes without saying in anything that that no, no matter how many people say no you can't do this if you sure. have the passion in your heart and you have the uh, the drive uh, you know more power to you and yeah. and uh, you know it takes a lot of uh, guts in this business and and some luck and my acting career has been I've been lucky I've been getting parts straight through for the past couple of years that's a good sign uh, it, but I think my age has helped me there too 
And uh, that's okay. It's one of the jobs. Uh, are you making a living in it? No, and that's what I want to say. No, I've been not. I'm not equity. I've been at the Trapdoor Theater, mm-hmm. Boxer Rebellion, some of the uh, Chopin Theater doing stuff. Uh, but I haven't been paid any money, and I'd like to supplement my income because it's so labor intensive, and I love it. But I need. I'd love to be able to supplement my income. With well, stick with it. Film. The worst that yeah. can happen is that you'll fail. What's your right. name again? Peter. 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 We're, we'd like to supplement our income right. too. Well, and, and <laughs> so I think, it, it goes even when you're a working professional. Yeah, I've always felt that if you get, I didn't get into this. I didn't get into voiceover to make money. I didn't know they paid a person to do such a thing. I was an actress. If you go after this to make money, you will fail mm-hmm. because that will be the only I, thing you care yeah, about. I can't agree you with still that do more. stage acting a good yes, deal, do you? Yes, absolutely. With what? the Annoyance, Annoyance Theater, actually, it's Annoyance Productions, and you can visit our website at www.annoyanceproductions.com. What, what have you done lately, or what are you preparing? Um, well, right now, we are preparing for another move, but um, to move into another space, but uh, currently, we have shows. Um, on Friday, this Friday and Saturday night at our current space at 3036 North Lincoln. We uh, have a Christmas show at 8 o'clock both nights, mm-hmm. and then an improv show uh, Saturday night at 9, and a variety show Friday night at 9. So that's one of the things that I, I really keep my hand in. And last week I did, uh, for another colleague of ours, a, a reading of a play in progress about Mike Royko. It is based oh. on, on Royko's writings hmm. um, that uh, Daryl Warren, another colleague of ours, mm-hmm. has adapted. And we just did a reading of that. And I had the daunting task of having to uh, be Lois Willie in front of her, uh, <laughs> the woman who's won two Pulitzer Prizes. And <laughs> so This must be based on Dick Ciccone's biography. I don't know what it's adapted from. It's I do know that every pretty much every word in it, with the exception of, su- of su- things that Lois gave them, mm-hmm. are from Mike Royko's writings. Yeah. So it's adapted strictly from his own writing. Is it headed to production in town? Uh, I think they want to. Uh, currently, it's still in, in sort of a staged reading process. But yeah. it was it was fun. And a number of wonderful Chicago actors, we all turned out at a bookstore in Winnetka. And, hmm. you know, yeah. where all the fun people go. And let us rush back to the phones. Time is now rather short. And here is another caller. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, uh, my name is David Esham. A lot of people have told me I have a good voice. Can you ah. hook me up? They Hi, lie David. to you. Hey, David. <laughs> Hi, Harlan. Hi, Hi David. Joel. Hi, David. Hi, David. Hi, David. <laughs> I've been listening for about an hour. and uh, bored out of your mind. No, you sound great. <laughs> no, it's very informative. It's a great show. This is another one of you of you guys. Yes. Right? Tell us about this caller. Who is he? David does a lot of promo stuff. Are you still there, David? Yes, I am. Uh, Jenny Jones, right? And uh, That's correct, yes. If you have... Uh, if you're, uh, well, how does it go? Uh, if you have a daughter who's overdeveloped too fast, and you think she's <laughs> sexy, call us at 1-800-239-7455. Well, you were, That's a you great job. Know your sheep. <laughs> Promos are fun. They really are. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you engineer those as well, right? I do. How did you know that? Well, I, we, we know everything. We've talked. We've talked. We have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We thank you, sir, for the call. We're running uh, late, or rather short, because there are people waiting, and time is short. That's what I'm trying to say. And you are on the air. Good evening. Hi. I uh, just want to say hi to Ron Hawking. Hi. I've seen your show four times his way. Okay. And uh, we had tickets last year for Governor's State, but that show got canceled, the right. Christmas one. Mm-hmm. Any plans on doing that in the future? Uh, you know the uh, yes. I want. To, unfortunately, you can only do it once a year. Right. And uh, now the time is coming almost gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now looking for next year. 
Well, so, I hope so. We had we had 20 tickets to that one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We we did perform the show once out at out in St. Charles at the uh, at the Norris Cultural Arts Center, and uh, you know, thank you for. Uh, well, being I think a fan. I think you're just fantastic. Our whole family loves thank you. you. And uh, we even wrote uh, HBO and Showtime and suggested they get you for a special. How nice. <laughs> wow. How nice. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you're you. Great. We think you're great. Thank Got you. Got your CD. Terrific. Play it all the time. Thanks. Have a good holiday, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, sir, for the call. Um, we've only got about three minutes left. What are the great moments in the history of your profession? I don't mean just in your own gigs, but uh, in terms of uh, voiceover art. When you teach the stuff to youngsters who want to try to develop the technique, what do you tell them about, or what do you try to play for them if you can get your hands on a copy? Ooh. Oh. Ooh, 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 I have ooh. a wonderful CD that uh, an engineer friend uh, copied for me, which is uh, the actor Paul Fries. Mm -hmm. We referenced him right. earlier, who you would recognize from the 60s and 70s. He was Boris Badenov and the Green Giant and the Sprout in the same commercial. And he did a great... Uh, 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 Orson Welles. Yes. Yes, he did. And yeah. I have a, a, a CD that a friend shared. After he passed away, a bunch of engineers His got demo? together and put a long, very yeah. lengthy demo together. And for me, it's a it's a trip through my childhood. It's it's uh, wow! I have no idea that one man was all those people. He That's was ho 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 the jolly green giant. Yes, and, and the sprout, sprout at, the at the same, same time. time. Yeah, right. And uh, Boris Badenov. Three and a half octave range. Yes. Singing and speaking, wow. and just it, it, I well, found actually, the first time fun. I heard his demo, it, when I was starting, it depressed me so much yeah. I didn't want to go in the business because I thought they never need me for anything. Right. This guy could do everything. But he had such joy in the work. But it's wonderful. That's, that's, that's a wonderful thing to play. Well, for the, the other guy that was great, of course, was Mel Blaine. Yeah. Oh. oh. And I, and I, I had a chance to work wonderful. with Wonderful. Uh, at Burnett, he 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 was. Uh, you also, worked with him. He's a genius. Yeah, I did. Wow. He was a genius. He was brilliant. I have to interject something. Lisa said something that I totally agree with, and that is that I never got into this business for the money. I got into it because I was a performer first and found my way through the maze of things to, to, to perform. And I, I, I can't agree with that more, uh, that you do something from your heart and, and you keep on doing it no matter what. I mean, there's, you know, uh, a lot of... Uh, you've heard the phrase starving actors and starving musicians that are you know, some of them uh, like a, a painter Vincent van Gogh who wasn't popular but he just kept doing yeah. what came from his heart I gotta say that you're right and, and another thing that you, you you I know you'll agree with um, there are people that make it in this business that you would swear in the beginning that didn't have a prayer but they hung on right. hung on oh, yeah. hung on and they got better yeah. Right. That's true. Right. Well, you know, even when you're in there doing a radio spot or something that doesn't seem terribly glamorous or interesting, uh, we're always part of the team. It's like we want it to be great. Uh, if you're if you're good at this business and you're not jaded and every see every day I'm tickled that that you know that I get a chance to act. It's fun, and you know you get in there and you're part of the creative team. You want it to be as as good you as you can dig, be. You dig down deep and find whatever it takes to bring it out, and it's not. Yeah. And it isn't always uh, uh, solid gold. There's right. a lot of rotten eggs in there too. But they can't that, all be just. That, uh, you are all four of you solid gold, and I've been delighted to have <laughs> you here. Uh, and I thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I'll tell you who you are. In fact, as we leave, you are Ron Hawking, um, member of the Screen Actors Guild, Federation of TV and Radio Artists, for over 20 years a leading jingle singer and commercial voiceover artist, and Joe O'Corey, one of the leading voiceover talents 
in all of America with over 30 years' experience. Lisa Lewis is one of the top female voiceover talents in America, and her website is available at lisalewis.net. And Harlan Hogan, uh, a voiceover actor who's worked on many, many commercial and other campaigns, is also the author now of the new book, V.O., Tales and Techniques of a Voiceover Actor. And a few quick words about programs to come. Tomorrow night, we talk about American religion. The occasion for that is that Mark Knoll, an old friend of ours, professor at Wheaton College, has done a new book titled America's God. And we're joined by another old friend, namely Martin Marty of the University of Chicago. Thursday night, something we try to do every year, we talk about the year on WGN with three other, well, three real talents from WGN, Steve Cochran, Kathy O'Malley, and John Williams. That's Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow at 9. Until then, a cordial good night to all.